Good morning. Join me in our responsive reading titled Healing for the World. O God of all creation, you have fearfully and wonderfully fashioned us as and breathed your life into us from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. Lord, reign. As the great physician who healed the woman with the issue of blood, you are the same wonder who finds us in the uttermost parts of the world to heal us, mind, spirit, and body. As the master potter and crafter who takes broken things and mends them back together again, melt us and mold us into into the restored children, women, and men that you have destined us to be. We bless your holy name and we praise you for being the God who heals not only our bodies, but also our souls. God is a wonder. Hallelujah. God reigns.
be seated. Good morning. We welcome everyone here today. We're glad that you have joined us together today in the house of the Lord to worship God together and to uh, observe this time together. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here And uh, we hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. We'd like to invite our guests to drop by the uh, hospitality table out front uh, as you leave today. We have a little gift that we would like to uh, share with you this afternoon. Uh, A few announcements I would like to call to your attention. First of all, uh, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets that are on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to... Take that and to fill it out uh, and give us a record of your attendance with us this morning and uh, give us as much information as you feel comfortable giving us. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter that comes out each week, um, be sure to put your email uh, address on there and we'll be sure to get you on the list. It's a great opportunity to uh, keep abreast of what's going on here at Community Baptist Church, the uh, what we have to offer in the way of worship and study and service here at our church. A few other things. Um, this month of August, we have been celebrating uh, Music Month, and we've been having some special things going on each, um, each week during this month. And today we're go- we are singing some potential new favorites, uh, some hymns from the new Celebrating Grace hymnal. Now, people are chuckling. Why are people chuckling here? <laughs> Um, This is from a new hymnal, and we are in the process of buying this hymnal, purchasing uh, some copies of this hymnal. If you you would like to uh, purchase one of these hymnals in memory of someone or in honor of someone, we encourage you to do so. Uh, They are $20 a piece, and uh, we would encourage you to do so. And I'll call your attention in our worship folder uh, the tally of our summer ministry uh, project that we had going on for six weeks during this summer. We brought, as you saw last week, we had lots of food that was collected and lots of money that was collected for Christian outreach. So everybody reach back and give yourself a pat on the back. It's been a a great, great project, and uh, Christian outreach is certainly appreciative of that. Our upward basketball and uh, cheerleading program is uh, underway, and we haven't started the season yet, but we are in the midst of our 100 days of prayer, and uh, we are in the midst of evaluation. We'll have evaluation through next Saturday, and so please keep us in prayer for that. And if you would like to volunteer, we could uh, certainly use your help. Uh, Just see Christine Cornelius or Jerry Wagner, and we'll put you to work. And um, one other thing. Uh, We are going to be starting a new Sunday school class uh, on September the 11th. It will meet in in the room next to the kitchen right over here. Uh, This is a midway. Are we calling it a midway class? Is that the name of it? Or Okay, a midway class. And I think that has something to do with it being uh, median adult, middle-age adult uh, range. And Jika will be teaching that class. We had to pull her away from that uh, older class, and I know they're going to miss her, but she has a good replacement with Phyllis, and, uh, and she'll do a great job with that class and building that class. It's an important class, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, it's great to be here in God's house, 
And uh, let's let me invite you to stand and greet each other. But before we do, children, we're not having a children's um, moment today. So children, meet Miss Mary over at the doors. And I think uh, your children's time is going to be outdoors today. So let's greet each other in the name of the Lord. Thank you so much. It is good to share the love of God with one another. Um, We welcome to our service today uh, Shelly Kirk. Uh, You may recognize Shelly as the News 25 weekday anchor for the afternoon and evening news and Shelley is a native of Evansville and a graduate of Purdue University. She joined News 25 in 1989 and has been the anchor since 1994. And Shelley will be speaking with us today about something that's near and dear to her heart, and that is the quest for a cure for cancer. You see, a couple of years ago, Shelley had her own battle with cancer, and since then she has taken up the mantle to do battle uh, with this disease. Uh, not only for herself, but for so many others who struggle with their own battles with cancer as well. And so today, uh, we join her in that quest for a cure for cancer. So let's welcome Shelley Kirk. Thank you so much for this. Thank you so much. Goodness gracious, I, I sat there and I wonder who in the world he's talking about, because, boy, that that's very humbling. It doesn't... It doesn't sound like me, but thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all very much for being here today and the invitation. Nibby, thank you so much for um, spearheading the effort to uh, get me here today. It is such a pleasure to talk to you all and be here in your presence and be a part of your worship service. Um, It's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. And I'm here because of Congregations versus Cancer. It's the first time we've done anything like this, so it's really exciting to be able to talk to you all about this, and it was even more exciting when uh, Nibby contacted us and said, hey, we want to talk to you about this, because it means our, our message is getting out there, and you know, that's what we want. We want people to hear about this and just be a part of it themselves. As Dr. Hobbs said, I had my own um, brush Actually, it was more than a brush. It was pretty big head-on assault there with cancer. Uh, in February of 2009, I found a lump. And I was sure that this lump was going to be nothing, no big deal, because um, it wasn't in my family. I took pretty good care of myself, I thought. I mean, I worked out, and I tried to eat right, unless 
there was chocolate involved. I tried to eat right, but I did try to eat right. And, you know, don't smoke. And um, I uh, had just had a mammogram just a couple of months earlier. And that mammogram came back clean. So when I found this, I thought, it's nothing. It's just one of those things you hear about. No big deal. But I knew I needed to get it checked out because I've done so many stories with people who've shared their story. Um, I knew I needed to practice what I preached. You know, at the end of those stories was always go to your doctor, get it checked out. So I knew I needed to go to my doctor and get it checked out. So I did. Called him a doctor, said, I know it's nothing, but I, I need to get this checked out. Made an appointment, got the mammogram. It came back clean. I went, Phew, okay, thank goodness. I knew it wasn't anything. This is great. I was ready to walk out the door, and he said, hold on a minute. We need to do one more test because we actually feel something. Let's do one more test. And at this point, I was feeling, all right, no problem. It's not going to be anything. Almost a little cocky. said, all right, sure, bring it on. We'll do it. Um, we had an ultrasound, which is very much like what women have when they're pregnant to see the baby. Um, it laid on a table. They took the wand, and they put it on my breast so that you could actually see what was inside. And I'm chatting away with the nurse. We're just having, you know, a girls' chat session, just having a big time. And the screen is right there. You can see it. And it's just like a gray, soupy mess. And I'm thinking, how in the world can she see anything in this anyway, you know, but I... I wasn't worried about it. And as we were talking, I'm watching the screen, and I see the wand move over, and I start seeing this big black blob on the screen. And I thought, wow. I said, is that it? And she said, yeah, that's it. And for the first time, I got a little pang of something happened here, something's going on. And um, sure enough, that blob was an inch of cancer. I didn't know right away. Um, had to be biopsied, and I called the doctor the next day. While I was at work, because I was sure it was going to be anything, I went to work, and, you know, no big deal. But I called, and um, the doctor told me um, that it was cancer. And I said, okay, all right, um, what do I need to do? Who do I call? What's the next step? Who do we, what do we do? And took all the notes I needed to know, like a good reporter should. Got all my who, what, when, where's, and why's. And um, said, okay, I'll get on this. And the doctor says, Shelly, are you okay? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. We're going to get this taken care of. I've, I've got it. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make that call. And he said, all right, well, I'm here if you need me. Just give me a call. I said, okay, fine. Hung up that phone, and as soon as I punched that button, the realization hit. Um, I lost it. I became a puddle on the ground, like you see in the cartoons. And um, if it not for my family, not only my immediate family, but my work family and my church family and um, all the bigger family, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have gotten through it because I will tell you that the prayers of not only people I mentioned, but people I don't even know who would come up to me in Walmart or stop me at the bank and say, Shelly, I'm praying for you. We can do this. It is so humbling, and it is so um, life-changing that I am convinced that's why I'm standing here before you today. It got me through it, and um, it made me better. That's why Congregations versus Cancer is so important to me. 
I need to back up real quick. I know I don't have a lot of time, but whenever I talk to people, I do want to get this message out. I was perplexed. Why in the world did I have a mammogram and my cancer didn't show up on a mammogram? Because, you know, we always hear, get your mammogram, get your mammogram. So I asked the doctor. I said, what's going on? I just had one a couple months ago. I had this one. It didn't show up. It took an ultrasound. What's with that? He said, you have what's called dense breast tissue. And I'd never heard of that before. Do you all know what that is? Does anyone? Yeah, I didn't either. And so I said, well, it must be a really rare condition. And he said, oh, no. He said, half of the women under 50 have dense breast tissue. A third of the women older 50 have dense breast tissue. And what that means is your breast is dense so that when you have a mammogram, it will show up. It, it'll mask any lump, or most lumps, many lumps. It'll mask it so you don't see it. That's why an ultrasound works where a mammogram doesn't because the ultrasound can, can get through that. And I said, well, then, if so many women have this and an ultrasound or a mammogram won't pick it up, why don't we do ultrasounds for screening? Well, in the course since I've been diagnosed, since I was diagnosed in 2009, they are starting to offer ultrasounds as screening. The, diff the problem is, is that they are not covered by insurance, and it's not often talked about. So I'm just telling you this because the more information you have, the better advocate you are for yourself. And I truly believe that's how we get through this. You are your best advocate. You take responsibility for this beautiful gift that God has given you. And you learn what you can, and you work with your doctor. So go to your doctor. Ask if you have dense breast tissue. And if you do, ask if it would be good for you to do this. I will warn you, insurance doesn't cover it, and it will be an added cost. That's why you need to have that dialogue with your doctor. But that saved my life. And that's the message I have to you today. The other thing is that there's another test you can take that doesn't cost anything. Very convenient. It's not painful like a mammogram. You can do it anytime you want. You're smiling. You know what I'm talking about. Self-exam. It's almost like that's kind of an afterthought. We always say, okay, do your self-exams. That's how I found my cancer. Now, ultrasound diagnosed it, but I found it from that. And I'm not one on a rigid schedule. You know, I'm not talking about this day, this time, check yourself, because I didn't, I didn't work that way. Just whenever you think about it, do it. Just don't, just try to do it as often as you can, because that can save your life as well. Um, cancer touches us all. I know that because every day, every week, I hear of someone else being diagnosed. And I know that it goes beyond just me. My family went through this with me. And all of you out there, first of all, let me ask you this. How many of you are cancer survivors? I applaud you. I celebrate you. When It's really humbling for me to be standing in front of you and telling you my story. And I look out and I see you all here so vibrant and beautiful and vital. It, makes, it gives me hope. It makes me know that I'm going to make it. And I have made it. You know, I went through a lot of treatment, and now I'm cancer-free. And that's great. But it was only because of all of us working together, the prayers that so many people offered for me. And that's, that's what this is about. That's what Congregations versus Cancer is here. So today we ask for a prayer, for a cure for cancer, and for people going through cancer. We also ask, if possible, an offering being taken up. And 100%, every single penny in that offering will go to find a cure 
for cancer, research through the American Cancer Society. And that's unusual because the American Cancer Society has a many, many important, wonderful programs. If you're touched by cancer, contact them. They will help you with transportation if you need to get to your doctor. They will help you pay for screening if you need to be screened. They will give you information. They're also on the forefront of research. But because of what we're doing here today, the, per the brain child behind this effort wanted 100% of all the donation to go to find a cure. Because if we find a cure, we won't need those other programs. So, if you do that for us today, we are one step closer to finding a cure. One step closer to not having to go through this horrible disease. I thank you all so much for your interest in Congregations versus Cancer. I thank you all so much for taking part in this. Um, good luck to all of you survivors out there. And also know that, you know, I thought I'd never get cancer. And I'd never get cancer. But it, it came to me. And there are others who it will come to as well. So we are helping them in the future. Thank you all so much. By doing this, we're changing lives. And I appreciate you all so very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for sharing with us, Shelley, uh, some of your own experience and, uh, and inspiring us with that. Um, and at the end of the service, we will be taking an offering for, um, for cancer research and for a cure for cancer. We'll have some people posted at the doors, and you can uh, drop your offering in there uh, as you leave today. And also at the end of the service, we're going to have a prayer uh, for those of you who have cancer or have had cancer or family members and a special prayer for the cure uh, for cancer at the end of the service. Now let's join together with uh, singing our hymn of fellowship, Beneath the Cross of Jesus. Let's stand.
Good morning. Our scripture this morning is taken from the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Will you pray with me, please? Our most gracious and loving God, we thank you once again for this time that we share together in your house on this day. We pray, Lord, that you be with us during our worship service this morning. Lord, from the bottom of our hearts, we, we thank you for the many blessings you give us each day of our lives. But, Father, even much greater than this, we're here today to praise your name because of who you are, our Lord and our God. Lord, there, are, there is much healing to be done uh, not only physical sickness, but there are people who, with broken hearts and broken lives, God grant us the grace to minister to these people in the way that you would have us to do. And we pray, Lord, that through our worship this morning, that, that we will be challenged to go out these doors more willing and able to serve and more dedicated. Help us, Lord, to be the presence of Christ to a community and a world in need. These things we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.
Will you pray with me? Thank you for loving us, for being our light when life gets dark, our shelter in the storm. We pray that you give strength, courage, and comfort to those affected by cancer. (coughs) We pray for a cure, that you guide those who receive this special offering today in the research towards finding that cure. We ask you to carry us when we cannot make it on our own. We know through you all things are possible, and for that we give you thanks. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
up in the hill country of Appalachia about an old woman and her children. <clears throat> she was getting up in age and pretty sickly, and, so, and finally she got so sick that they had to call the doctor. Now, they weren't all that trusting of doctors up there, especially this new young doctor who had come straight from med- medical school, but the situation was serious enough that the children decided to call the doctor and find out if there was anything that he can do for her. So he got the call, and he went up to the little cabin. When he arrived there, they were all on the front porch to meet him, and they said, Mama's in the back room. Can you do anything for her? Well, the young doctor said, Well, I'll go and check. You stay out here, and I'll go and examine her and see what I can do. Well, he was gone for about 10 or 15 minutes. When he came out, he said to the children, I think she's going to be fine. I've got the medicine right here that we need to treat her with, and I'll give you this little bottle of pills, and and after he explained the dosage and how often to give the medicine to their mama, he left. Well, when he he left, they turned to each other, and they said, well, you know, he wasn't all that bad, was he? I think it was a good thing to call that doctor. Well, about 15 minutes later, the old woman came tottering out of the back room. She hobbled over into into the front room and sat down at the table, and she said, you know, I really like that young new pastor that the church brought in. I think he's a good choice. The church made a good decision this time. And so the children looked at each other, and then they looked over at her and said, Mama, that wasn't the pastor. That was a doctor. That's the new doctor in town right out of medical school. And so she sat there for a minute, and she said, Oh, You know, I thought he was getting a little too familiar to be a pastor. (laughs) Well, folks, today we are joining with other congregations from all over to pray for a cure specifically for cancer. And as a part of that theme, I thought it would be a good time for us to look at that part of our faith where the work of a pastor and the work of a doctor may overlap each other. Some people may refer to this element of ministry as as faith healing. And if you're like I am, just the very use of that phrase raises a lot of questions and a lot of doubts. And yes, dare I say it, even a a little skepticism. Uh, I have seen too many shenanigans and and what amounts to religious theater and hucksterism by so-called faith healers to feel very comfortable with that term. For me, I think the concept has become tainted by those who have taken advantage of so many people who were suffering and who were desperate for help. And the fact is that in most mainline churches, we tend to see our faith as 
rational and logical. And one way that we remain logical is to compartmentalize our lives and say, when it comes to my spirituality, I go to the church and to the pastor. That's why I went to seminary. But when, when I have problems with my body and when I'm sick, I go to the doctor. That's why doctors went to medical school. And thus we, we tend to separate it into two categories. The hospital is for the physical and the church is for the spiritual. And as long as we keep those two things separated, we think we have it all figured out. But I wonder, when we come to a passage of Scripture like the one we have today, where does Jesus fit into this equation? As soon as they left the synagogue where Jesus was teaching, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her. Now, is he a preacher or is he a doctor? Does he belong in the church building or does he belong in the hospital? Well, certainly he is a preacher. He had just come from the synagogue where he had been teaching. And there were crowds of people constantly gathered around him to to hear his preaching and his teaching. He inspired hundreds and thousands of people with his words of wisdom and faith. But there are also a lot of folks in those crowds who came to him because they wanted to be healed. So you see, somehow Jesus overlaps both of these disciplines. And that raises the question for us, what does it mean for us to trust Jesus not only for his teaching, but also for his healing. Well, I want us to think for a few moments this morning about Jesus, the healer. And I want to suggest a couple of thoughts that we need to consider as we reflect on Jesus and his healing power for our lives. The first thought that I want us to realize is that Jesus did not heal everyone. The scripture that was read just a few moments ago, that Mike read just a few moments ago, tells us that, that Jesus healed many in the crowd, maybe even most of them. But the Bible does not teach us that he healed everyone. And the reason that I make this point is because in our prayers and in our health ministries and our different congregations, we will deal with a number of people who are sick. And the outcomes will not always be the same. You know, many times when we get together as, as a congregation, we offer prayers for those who are sick Some of us even keep lists of people who we pray for on a regular basis. And many of the people on those lists have have been there for a long, long time. Because they don't get any better. And sometimes they even get worse. I I knew of a a faithful Christian lady who had a, a lung disease. In fact, she only had one lung and it was not a very good one. It was in poor shape. But we prayed for her faithfully. And she would spend many, many days and weeks and sometimes even months at a time off and on in the hospital for many years. But she never really got any better. Some people on our list of people that we pray for, they may be there for only a short while because their ailments improve. Some people are on the list for a long time. 
But then they are removed from the list because they suddenly get better. I knew a lady who had a terrible disease whose prognosis was poor, and some doctors told her that they didn't think she would ever make it to her 60th birthday. But she survived a bone marrow transplant, and we celebrated her 60th birthday in a huge way, I want to tell you. That birthday party was indeed a celebration of life. Some people are healed in what appears to be a miraculous fashion. Like a little boy that I knew who had a tumor, and just before he was to go to, the, to surgery and have that tumor removed, they couldn't find it anywhere. No medical explanation for it. And then there are those who are removed from our prayer lists because they die. My friends, we work towards wellness in our churches. We pray for healing in our churches, and sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. And there's no reasonable explanation for why some people are cured and some people are not. And, and I have to, to admit, as a pastor, it disturbs me, but I confess that I have no answer to such things. It's a part of the mystery of faith that we deal with each day of our lives. And, and I don't think it means that one person's faith is necessarily any stronger than another person's faith. It's just the way it is. And so that's the first thing that I, I think we need to come to grips with today. Jesus didn't heal everyone. The second thing that I want us to think about is that Jesus healed in, in many different ways. In the story of, about Simon's mother-in-law, he reached out and touched her. He took her by the hand. Sometimes we read of people responding to Jesus in faith. And the woman uh, with the issue of blood who touched the hem of Jesus' garment, Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. And the story of the crippled man who had some friends who brought him to Jesus, but the crowds around Jesus were so large that they had to cut a hole in the roof and lower him down in front of Jesus. The scripture tells us that Jesus looked up through the holes at the men on the roof. And when he saw their faith, he healed the crippled man. Sometimes Jesus healed with a touch. Sometimes he healed with a word. Sometimes he healed with a a mud bomb that he made with his own spit. Sometimes he healed over long distances. James tells us that along with prayer, the elders of the church should anoint the sick with oil, which was a form of medication in those days, as well as a representation of the anointing of God's Holy Spirit. So there are many different ways and, and different styles of healing mentioned in the Bible. So who are we to say that there's only one way that God is supposed to do it? Does God heal through prayer? Yes, I believe God does. Does God heal through the, the doctors and the medical intervention that we have? Yes, I see it all the time. And I am so grateful for people in the medical profession, some in our, in our own congregation here who have given their lives to the work of healing. And I would never advocate that prayer should be a substitute for medical treatment. Never. There's a case pending in the courts right now about a, of a young couple who withheld medical treatment for their nine-year-old child, saying that they believed that their faith was enough 
to heal her. Well, that child died. And that couple now is facing charges. My friends, let me tell you something. God has given us modern medicine and surgical procedures to aid in the process of healing. And we should take advantage of it when we're sick. And I think it's criminal when medicine is withheld from people with the explanation that faith and prayer alone are needed. The fact is that in many cases, I think the healing process has something to do with both the work of prayer and the work of medicine. You know, a lot of doctors these days are coming around to that same kind of conclusion. There's been a lot of research over the past 10 or 15 years connecting health and spirituality. Dr. Dade Matthews, a professor at Georgetown Medical School, says, I think this is a historic time. The the spiritual traditions of healing will be joined with surgery and pharmaceuticals. He says, I think we're entering the era of prayer and prednisone. (laughs) To further examine that connection... Nearly a thousand healthcare professionals met not long ago at Harvard Medical School for a course called Spirituality and Healing in Medicine. It was a course that explored the murky area where religion meets medicine. You know, I, I know a pretty good bit about Jesus. You know, I, I've been to a lot of school <laughs> uh, learning about Jesus. I've been to seminary, I've been beyond that, and I've been in church all of my life, and I could stand up here and preach you one sermon after another on those passages of Scripture that talk about Jesus healing this person or that person. And my brother, who is a physician, he knows a lot about the human body and medicine. He's been to school a long time, too, actually probably longer than I have, and He's taught medical students and residents, both here and abroad, and, and he's pretty smart. But you know something? If you take all of, the, all of the knowledge that I have about healing and faith and combine it with all of the knowledge that my brother has about healing and medicine, put that together and there would still be a whole lot that neither one of us knows. And maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. Maybe we should just leave a little mystery in our lives. We could say, I don't know how Jesus heals. And I don't know why Jesus heals this person and not that one. But I do know that God is the great physician. And God's healing power is still available to us today. And maybe it's, it's not up to us to ask how or why. Maybe we are just called to be faithful to lend our gifts, whether they are the gifts of prayer or the gifts of medicine or both to God's work of healing both our bodies and our spirits. And whether we are healed physically or not, we take great comfort That God walks with us throughout our affliction. And that, my friends, goes a long, long way to healing our spirits. Thanks be to God for God's healing spirit. 
And thanks be to God for modern medicine. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn in just a moment. Um, Number 690 in the new hymn. uh, What does the Lord require of you? We're going to do something a little different today. Because usually at this time in our service, I invite people to come for spiritual healing, if you would. um, To... To make a commitment to Christ, and this isn't a this isn't a healing service. I'm not going. I'm not going to claim to be a faith healer. I'm not making any guarantees here, folks. But I want to tell you something. Prayer is a good thing. Prayer is a good thing for all of us. So we're going to sing a minute, and I want to ask. Here's my invitation. I want to ask those of you who have cancer or who have had cancer, to come forward and to sit here on these chairs along with your families. Or maybe you, have, you are a family member who has uh, have had, had cancer in your family as a, an immediate part of your family. I want to invite you to come and sit here in these chairs because your church wants to pray for you. So that's our invitation today. For those of you who have cancer, for those of you who have fought that battle and hopefully are over that, for those of you who are still fighting it, and those of you who, who have family members who are fighting that disease, we invite you to come and, and sit here so that we can pray for you. Would you come as we sing? you look at look at these people this is almost half of our congregation and now the rest of you i want to ask you to come and and kind of envelop these people come on down and kind of uh envelop these people as we share 
our love and a healing touch, if you want to reach out and put a hand on their shoulder, um, we invite you to do that. Let's pray. Oh God, you are indeed the great physician, the healer of our bodies and souls. And so we come to you today to pray for those suffering from all diseases, especially cancer. We pray for those undergoing chemotherapy, the use of medicines or drugs to treat their disease, that it would be used to bring about healing. We ask that you would be with those who have undergone surgery and radiation therapy and that the fire of God will destroy those cancer cells. We speak peace to all the patients and ask that the healing virtue of our God will flow through every vein, tissue, and cell of their bodies. We speak peace to all the families having cancer patients. We pray that you would provide for all the expenses needed to take care of these patients. We pray for the emotional and spiritual and physical fortitude that they need to walk this path with their loved ones. We pray for the doctors and nurses, the therapists and technicians, the researchers and the pharmaceutical companies. And dare we ask it, O oh God, we pray for a cure for this disease that bring so much suffering to people that we know and love. We pray today that your blessings will overshadow each and every one of them. And we claim your word in Jeremiah 30, which says, I will restore you to health and heal your wounds. So be it, O God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Go and the blessed peace of God.